Previously on Thomas and the Bible, nothing really happens in this episode at all, but I still got to say something. So the Israelites confess that they're in their father's sins. Nehemiah tells God things he already knew about himself. He recaps Chronicles, keeps calling God merciful for only killing lots of people. The people accept the law and bring things to the priests. There were lots of names. Thomas didn't go to hockey. And like I said, nothing happened. The Thomas Yorn count three. It's getting to you. I'm telling you, it, it gets to you. It's uh, it's getting to my uh, my intro guy. It's getting to him. It's it, the Bible. Do it. You know, you uh, you know Harley. You think you're sane now, but uh, slowly. You'll get to the point where you'll send me one of those and it'll just be the sound of you hanging yourself. Um, and I'll have to I'll have to apologize to the listening audience. And uh then I'll have to sum up the, the episode. <laughs> so don't don't do that. Don't hang yourself. Um yeah, okay, so this is episode one eleven. I am boy, am I making a lot of episodes lately, huh? I am coming up with a ton of episodes. I hope people are still uh, listening to them. <laughs> I hope you haven't had bitten off more than you can chew with this whole me making a lot of episodes. And tonight, uh, I really didn't want to make one because I had already recorded a, the other podcast a lot, Atheistically Speaking, which I encourage you to please check out. We just recorded a really good episode. Um, and uh, please, please check that out. Get on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Atheistically Speaking. And, um, I'd recorded that and I got, I got a Sharks game to watch, but you know what? And I said, I need to stick to my schedule. I got to stick to my guns. I'm not missing a day yet, unless there's some emergency, but yeah. So just letting you know that I'm really, uh, you know, trying to, trying to be a better person, trying to stick to it. And so here we go. We're going to do 110, which is Nehemiah 12 through... Oh, I already forget the name of the next book. What was it? Nehemiah 12 through Esther. Esther 4. It sounds like a lot of chapters, but I think they're shorter. Okay, got my water, and uh, we'll launch into it. I think we start off with some names, so, um, you know, kicking ass and taking names or whatever. Um, so that's not going to go very far, is it? Now, these are the priests and the Levites that went up with Zerubbabel, son of Shield. Uh, Shiltiel and Jeshua. Lots of people, 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 lots of people. The Levites, and we're skipping down to 22. The Levites in the days of Eliashib, Joida, Janahan, and some other people. Also the priests to the reign of Darius the Persian. This this there's more people. The sons of uh, sons of Levi, the chief of their fathers, were written in the book of the Chronicles until even until the days of Johanan, the son of Eliashib. I gotta figure this out. So, okay, Eliashib and the chief of the Levites. The hash. How far do I need to go here? Yep, yep. More people. More people. More people. Um, close together. Uh, yeah. And the, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness. So they're done with the walls. They're having a dedication, both with thanksgivings and with singing and with cymbals and psalteries and harps. And the sons of the singers 
gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country round about Jerusalem and from the village of Netophathi, also from the house of Gilgal and out of the fields of Jeba and Asmaveth, for the singers had builded them villages round about Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and purified the people and the gates and the wall. Then I, ooh, we're back to, to um, first person here. Then I brought up the princes out of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them that gave ranks, uh, gave ranks, gave thanks. I don't know why, why I said ranks. Gave thanks, whereof one rank grew, as being Scooby-Doo, I guess. Gave ranks. Uh, <laughs> gave thanks, whereof one went on the right hand upon the wall toward the dung gate. And after them went Hoshishai and half the princes of Judah. And here's some more names, guys. And Azaria, and certain of the priest's sons. Mm-hmm. Musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Ezra the scribe before them. And out at the fountain gate, which was over against them, they went up by the stairs of the city of David, at the going up of the wall above the house of David, even unto the water gate eastward. And the other company of them that gave thanks went over against them. And I, after them, excuse me, I should never have a beer before recording this terrible idea. And the half of the people upon the wall, not because I'm drunk, but because you know my stomach, uh, from beyond the tower of the furnaces, even unto the broad wall. And from above the gate of Ephraim, and above the old gate, and above the fish gate, and the tower of Heniel, and the sheep gate, they stood still. Okay, so here's what's happening, guys. A ceremony that no one cares about now, and, and no one's ever thought about again since then, <laughs> ever, um, is being described in great detail, for some reason. Where people were standing... You know, what they were doing, what instruments they were playing, who was there. And uh, why? No idea. No reason. Doesn't doesn't need to have happened. But they're having a ceremony for the walls being done, I guess. So that's, uh, that's what they're going to do. That's that. Um, so stood the two companies of them that gave thanks in the house of God. And I, and the half of the rulers with me, and the priests alike in Mesa, Mesa, Mecca, Zechariah, and the trumpets, and Mesa, the singers sang aloud, and Jezariah was their overseer. It's like, I am your overseer. Here, uh, also, the day, that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children revo- rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. And at that time were some appointed over the chambers for the treasures, for the offerings, and for the first fruits, (laughs) fist fruits, and for the tithes to gather into them out of the fields of the cities of the portions of the law for the priests and Levites. For Judah rejoiced for the priests and the Levites that waited. And both the singers and the porters kept the ward of their God and the word of the purification according to the commandment of David and of Solomon his son. For in the days of David and Asaph of old, there were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God. And all Israel in the days of Zerubbabel and the days of Nehemiah gave the portions of the singers and the porters every day's portion, and they sanctified holy things unto the Levites, and the Levites sanctified them unto the children of Aaron, and no one cared. Oh man, this is a long chapter. Friggin' Esther better be short. So we're on Nehemiah 13. We still have four, four chapters of Esther. That can't be right. Well, it's probably right, so Esther must be really short. 
On that day, they read, this is the last book of Nehemiah. On that there we go. Let it pass. Let it pass. On that day, they read in the book of Moses in the audience of the people, and therein was found written that the Ammonite and the Moabite should not come into the congregation of God forever because they had not met. Oh, plot twist. They read the Bible, essentially. They read the Pentateuch, and uh, they discover something in there they missed. Maybe, I don't know. Let's see what, what they're saying. Because they met not the children of Israel with bread and water, but hired Balaam against them, that he should curse them. Howbeit our God turned the curse into a blessing. Now it came to pass, when they had heard the law, that they separated from Israel all the mixed multitude. Hmm. And before this, Eliashib, Eliashib, the priest, having oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto Tobiah. And he had prepared for him a great chamber, where aforetime they laid the meat offerings, the frankincense, and the vessels, and the tithes of corn, and the new wine, and the oil, which was commanded to be given to the Levites, and the singers, and the porters, and uh, the bakers, and the candlestick makers, and the offerings of the priests, and the platters, actually, the platters were there. Um, but in all this time was not I at Jerusalem, for in the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, came I unto the king, and after certain days obtained I leave of the king. And I came up, so what, what happened with that? Having oversight of the chamber was allied into, it's like they're splitting up. Okay, so they read in the book that the Moabites and the Ammonites should never be allowed in the congregation. So... They separated from Israel all the mixed multitudes. So it sounds like they left at that point. I'm trying to figure out what, what if there was like, you know, what was going to happen. I thought some stuff was going to go down. Um, but then it cuts back to um, Nehemiah. He's like, well, I wasn't there or something. He's like, I was gone. And I came to Jerusalem and I understood of the evil that Eliashib did for Tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. And it grieved me sore. Therefore, I cast forth all the household stuff to Tobiah out of the chamber. Then I commanded, and they cleansed the chambers, and thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God with the meat offering and the frankincense. And I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled everyone onto his field. Then I contended I with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Then brought all Judah the tithe of the corn and the new wine and the oil into the treasuries. And I made treasures over the treasuries, uh, some people, some people, some people, for they were counted faithful, and their office was to distribute unto their brethren. Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for the houses thereof, and for the offices thereof. In those days saw I in Judah some treading wine presses on the Sabbath, and bringing in sheep, uh, sheaves, and lading asses, and also wine, grapes, and figs, and all manner of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. There dwelt men of Tyre also therein, which brought fish and all manner of ware, and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. Then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said unto them, What evil thing is this that you do and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus, and did not our God bring all this evil upon us and upon this city? Yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates should be shut and charged 
that they should not be opened till after the Sabbath. And some of my servants I set at the gates, that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. So, it sounds like Nehemiah is finally being a dick, guys. Whew, that's a relief. You were nervous, I know. I was nervous, too, that it was actually going to be someone likable. But it sounds like he's a real hard-ass when it comes to the uh, to the law, to the old law. And not the good law where, like, you know, don't steal, but the law, like, where God says don't gather sticks on a certain day for no reason. I don't get why... God rested on the seventh day. Why does that mean you have to rest? I, I you know, he, he, he's God, you know, he gets a rest. He created the world. What have we done? Nothing, you know, so maybe we don't rest. But anyway, I guess you have to be honoring God on that day. Um, yeah, so it sounds like Nehemiah. So earlier I'm thinking, let me just go back. Sorry that I, I was unclear on this. Um, okay. He understood the evil that Eliashib did for Tobiah. Now I'm thinking, oh my it doesn't see this is the problem. It doesn't say who Tobiah and Eliashib really are. Because they had not met the been the hired belong against them. Okay, yeah. So before this I don't know. I think, I'm pretty sure that Nehemiah, and I'm sorry I, I should have figured this out before reading, but I was pressed for time, so I didn't. Someone looked this up, but I'm pretty sure, uh, and, and in the future I will I will have this information ready. I, I'm sorry that I wasn't prepared with this, but I think what happened, and the reason I, I thought I would be able to figure it out, but um, I couldn't because there's some different terms. There's Levites, and then there's um, Ammonites and Moabites, and I, it sounds... It sounds like they're all the same. It sounds like Levites are Ammonites and Moabites. Otherwise, I'm not really able to make sense of this because uh, having oversight was allied and he provide and he commanded to be given to the Levites and the singers and the uh, porters and the offerings of the priests. I, uh, sorry. Um, What I think happened was that Nehemiah, um, as, as I said earlier, they read that the Moabites and the Ammonites can't be a part of it. And I think what happened was whoever Nehemiah left in charge while he was gone um, had prepared like a chamber for somebody that I think was among those groups that was not allowed to be part of the congregation anymore. And so then Nehemiah went and like cast him out and purified it and all that. That That's how that makes sense to me. And, and, and without stopping this and doing a bunch of research, um, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But this one time, I will say somebody looked that up, and I don't. <laughs> I'm really pressed for time right now, unfortunately. Um, so that's that's kind of unprofessional of me. I think you all should just stop listening to this show um, because <laughs> because I've made a mistake. No, I'm pretty sure that's what happened, and and it goes along with the hard assery of him uh, making sure he's closing the gates on the Sabbath, making sure no one does anything on the Sabbath. So he's just a hard ass. So he's. He's completely turned the corner. I mean, he was a pretty cool guy. Now he's just a he's just a dick. So the merchants and sellers of all kind of ware lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. <laughs> once or twice. This is first person, so I think that's him coloring that a little bit. Then I testified against them, and I said unto them, "Why lodge ye about the wall? If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you." Jeez. From that time forth, they they no more came on the Sabbath. <laughs> 
Wow, what a hard ass. And I commanded the Levites, so they're not even allowed to sleep like around the wall or on the wall or something. Like they can't even be there on the Sabbath. Wow. I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. In those days also saw I Jews that had married the wives of Ashdod and Ammon and of Moab. Well, there you go, Moab and Ammon. And their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language, but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them and plucked off their hair. <laughs> wow. And made them swear by... This, this guy's just a nutcase. Swear by God, saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughter unto your sons for or for yourself. Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Oh yeah, you finally learned your lesson. You know, you did everything right. And that's why the Jews lived happily ever after. Good job, Nehemiah. Yet among many nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God and marrying strange wives? And one of the sons of Joiada, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat, the Horonite. Therefore I chased him from me. Remember them, oh my God. Jeez, he's really doing this for the... He's, he's in this for God giving him recognition. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's be honest. That's what he wants. He wants recognition from God, and he thinks he's better than everyone else. But really, he's just playing by a different set of rules. Like, he's just really into these rules. He's like, see, I'm doing these rules. It's not that he's actually a good guy or that he's, like, better. He just has different definition of what good is. And it's annoying. Remember them, O oh my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. He's just a big tattletale. Thus cleansed I from them all strangers and appointed the wards of the priests and the Levites, everyone in his business. And for the wood offering at times appointed and for the first fruits. Remember me, O oh my God, forget. Jeez. God at a certain point is going to be like, all right, relax. Yeah, I get it. All right, I'll, I'll remember you, you know. Give it a rest. I have to check because that was so long. I need to check that I didn't mess up how much reading I'm supposed to do. Um, so that's the end of all of Nehemiah. 57, let's see. Um, and so that's that. Starts there. 1, 2. So 257. I did mess up. I completely, I knew it. I'm glad I checked. I completely messed this up. Um... <laughs> Guys, I am all over the place. This is so I only need to read through Esther two. God, I was gonna say because I looked at Esther one and it was long. Um, I tried to. <laughs> I got this fancy spreadsheet where I thought I figured out all my readings I need to do and I messed them up, of course. So this is just, this is a throwaway show. I'm I'm just I just can't even perform right now. It's terrible. You know I'm done done 111 episodes. One of them's gonna be a dud. I know all the ones up to this were perfect in every way. And, and uh, you know, you worship at the altar of my 110 episodes before this. But, you know, okay, so my, my, my ratio is 1 out of 110. Pretty good, you know, for, for 1 out of 110 to be a dead. You know, pre- pretty good, I'll say. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm all over the place. I got, 
But uh, it's good news that we're only reading through Esther 2, because damn, as uh, as uh, Will Smith said in Men in Black, because damn. Um, I just watched Men in Black the other day for the first time in like 20 years. It's a good movie. Esther 1. Now it came to pass in the days of As- Asuras, some, some kind of dinosaur, A-H-A-S-U-E-R-U-S. Ahasaurus. <laughs> so there was a dinosaur that reigned, apparently. That's interesting. Interesting that the history books left that out. Or, or like, biology books, even. Like, Yeah, there was one random dinosaur who was a king, um, but that was it. My, all the other dinosaurs were dead for millions of years, but there was just this one that just hung out and was like, yeah, I'll just be king, I guess. This is as <laughs> This brontosaurus which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia, over in 107 and 20 provinces. That in those days, when the king T-Rex sat on, on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shishin, the palace. So this is setting up a totally different Dinotopia. <laughs> we're, we're in a new book now, so we're in like a you know land before time type place, I guess. Um <laughs> The the point is dinosaurs reign. This is a this is a dinosaur book, so I'm glad it's going to be something that kind of changed things up. In the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and his servants, uh, dinosaur princes, dinosaur servants, I guess. The power of Persia and Media, and the nobles and princes of the provinces being before him. Um, when he shewed the riches of this glorious kingdom. And the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even an hundred and fourscore days. hundred and fourscore days. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shishan, the palace, both unto great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace. This is a little bit like um, when you're watching a show, a movie, or something, and there's like some scene to start it off that's just nothing, like you have no idea what it is not related to what you thought the movie or the show episode was going to be. And you're like, what is this? You know, at some point it's going to relate to it, but you're like, I don't, I don't this is annoying. This is what that is, because I don't know what's happening here. Uh, where were white, green, and blue hangings fastened with cords of fine linen and purple silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black and marble. I don't know why we're being told this, but we are. And they gave them drink in vessels of gold, the vessels being diverse from one another. It's important. It's important to know, guys. It's important to know that. Um, uh, and royal wine in abundance, according to the state of the king. And the drinking was, according to the law, none did compel. And the drinking... Oh, sorry, that just threw me out. I am just... My brain. Upside down. And the drinking was according to the law, semicolon, none did compel, for so the king had appointed to all the officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. Was it illegal to drink back then? Is that what that means? Also Vashti, the queen, made a feast for the women in the royal house, which belonged to King Asaurus. He's like a, that's like one of those jokes from Jurassic Park that the little kid tells. It's like, What's a what's a dinosaur that has a lot of ideas? Ahasaurus. On the seventh day, um, do you think a Saurus Rex? 
When the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Biztha, Harbona, and Bigtha, and some other people we've never heard of, the seven chamberlains, and along with Neville Chamberlain, that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the royal crown to shew the people and the princes her beauty, for she was fair to look upon. But the queen Vashti refused to come to the king's commandments by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Then the king said to the wise man, which knew the times, which knew the times, for so was the king's manner toward all that knew law and judgment. And the next unto him was Karshena, Shether, Adam. This is all in parentheses. I don't Tarshish, Marys, and a bunch of people, which saw the king's face and which sat first in the kingdom, parentheses. What shall we do unto the queen Vashti according to the law, because she had not performed the commandment of the king Ahasuerus by the chamberlains? And Memukin answered before the king and the princes, Vashti the queen hath not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus. For this deed the queen shall come abroad unto all women, so that they shall despise their husbands in their eyes. When it shall be reported, the king Ahasuerus commanded Vashti the queen to be brought in before him, but she came not. Likewise, this is a big deal. This is, ugh. So the queen, so the king asked the queen to come out and show how pretty she is to everybody, and she didn't. And so now the king's like, okay, what's her punishment going to be? God, this is, this is, this is not a good, this is not starting off well, this book, Esther. Esther decided to get right into the misogyny right away. So uh, Esther's not messing around. Not what I thought from a book called Esther. I thought Esther was going to be a nice old lady, like a grandma, you know. And it was going to be like a little nice book that like had tea and cookies in it and was like everything was nice for a few years because I'm, I'm named Esther and no one named Esther has ever been a bad person. Um... So, and then they're saying, we need to figure out a punishment because this one woman disobeying her husband is going to lead to lots of women doing it all over the country, all over the nation. And um, for this deed, uh, nope, I already read that. Likewise shall ladies of Persia and Media say this day unto all the king's princes, which have heard of the deed of the queen, thus shall there arise too much contempt and wrath. If it please the king, let there go a royal commandment from him. And let it be written among the laws of the Persian and the Medes, or Med- Medes, that it not be altered, that Vashti come no more before King Ahasuerus, and let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. <laughs> and when the king's decree, which he shall make, shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great, all the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both great and small. And the saying pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Memukin, for he sent letters to all of the king's provinces. Okay, it sounds like the, some king just wanted to get rid of his wife and marry someone else. So this is curious, too. This sounds like a divorce to me. Uh, and to every people after their language, that every man should bear rule in his own house, that it should be published according to the language of every people. Wow. So if your wife does one thing that you don't like, you can just ditch her and, like, get a new wife. That is crazy. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, 
Let there be fair young virgins suffer the king. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes when you're king of primitive people. This is this is how it goes. And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather together all the fair young virgin virgins unto Shushan. <laughs> Am I really reading this? Is this really what's going on? And and listen, Mr. King, do you need to go through all the lands and get all the young virgins and then like pick one? Just take a take a good selection. You know, you don't need every one. What are you going to keep all of them? I mean, I'm, you can only take one, right? So whatever. It doesn't have to be the best. God. <laughs> what a douche. Uh, under Sheshan the palace to the house of the women, under the custody of Hedge, H-E-G-E, Hedge, I don't know, <laughs> the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women. Hmm, I want that job. And let their things for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti. Yeah, if I were king, you know, if I were this guy, yeah, just there's no reason to not just do this all the time. Oh, yeah, I asked her to make me a sandwich. She didn't make it. Up, oh, nope. Gather up all those virgins. Gather them up. Vashti, get out of here. And the thing pleased the king. Yeah, obviously. And he did so. Now, in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name... Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. I was I've actually heard some old Jewish story, and I was wondering if this is it, but it, I don't think it is. There was a certain Jew whose name was Mor- Mordecai. Mordecai. I know that name. Mordecai. The son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which had been carried away with Jeconiah. Oh, I should, I should emphasize, now that I think about it, I should be fair and say this isn't this isn't in Israel that this is happening. I mean, I knew that, but I just didn't say it. Um, so this, when I said this is divorce, that wasn't a fair criticism of of uh, of uh, the Jews in this because this is not them. This is the king of some other land. So to be fair, I need to be fair about that. So my criticisms of this king are not really applicable to this religion because. This book is just telling a story about uh, another place, I believe. Um, it's Babylon, right? Let me go back. I forget where they started. Where were they? Where were they? There's King uh, Ethiopia. Yeah, Shushan. Yeah, this is not the Israelites. I need to emphasize that, to be fair. Okay. And uh, let there be fair young virgins. No, I already did this. And he brought, this is so bad. This is the worst episode I've ever done. And let the maiden which pleaseth the king, that I read. Now in Shishan, the place, this is where it was, the, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, yeah, 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 who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity that had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. Yeah, remember when they all had to go to Babylon and that's what they came back from. So this is, some descendant of someone who had been carried away. And he brought up Hasaday, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together into Shishan, uh, the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, the keeper of the women. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's going. <coughs> and the maiden pleased him, 
and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her her things for purification, with such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens, which were meet to, uh, gotta turn this off, and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Esther had not shewed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not shew it. Don't shew it! And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. So this Esther has been given as a part of all the young virgins who are going to be considered by the king. And uh, and for some reason, her creepy uncle or whatever it is, is like, how's it going? You know, like, did you get picked to go have sex with the king or be married to him? I guess it's kind of creepy. Now, when every maiden's turn was come to go into King Ahasuerus, after that she had been 12 months, according to the manner of the women, so they have to purify themselves, for so were the days of their purifications accomplished, God, this is so backwards. Um, To wit, six months with oil of myrrh, six months with sweet odors, and with other things for the purifying of the women. (laughs) That sounds like Borat. And with other things for the purifying of the women. Then thus came every maiden unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. I think this is the old Jewish story I've heard. They they do some celebration for this, um, where they drink a lot. <laughs> I just had a friend in college who told me about it. I'm pretty sure this is this story, and I I never forgot the story. I don't know why. Uh, in the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women to the custody of Shazgaz, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came in and unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. So they're essentially going in one at a time for a day, I think, or something um, for to show the king and the king to maybe be happy or not. And now in the turn of Esther, the, you know, I won't say hero of our story because I'm sure she isn't because she's a woman in biblical times. Uh, the daughter of Aben, Abenel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken into King Ahasuerus to eat. (laughs) Like this dinosaur. Into his house royal in the tenth month, which is the month Tebeth, which is another month we just made up in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he had set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king, and then he said, make me a sandwich. She's like, no, next, next woman. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, Mordecai sat in the king's gate Esther had not shewed her kindred nor her people, as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, like as when she was brought up with him. In those days, while Mordecai sat at the king's gate, he's really obsessed with this uh, adopted daughter. Two of the king's chamberlains, Big Than and Teresh, of those who kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. What? 
And the thing was known to Mordecai. Oh, he's going to be a hero now, or she is. Mordecai, who told it unto Esther, the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when the inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out, and therefore they were both hanged on a tree. Hmm, that's nice. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. So that's the end. Sorry. Okay, guys, I gotta apologize. This episode was just a bad display of me. Um, Esther got a little, at least, interesting story-wise. So, so far... This girl, that we got a king who just abandons his wife when he feels like it, which if you had access to a ton of virgins at your whim, I suppose maybe you would too. I don't know. Um, and uh, then he gets to pick a new virgin. And uh, he picks Esther because she's really good looking or something. And um, so she's queen now. And then her creepy uncle, who I'm pretty positive has got something sinister going on that we won't hear about, I'm sure. Um, he... Uh, um, he's just hanging out all the time because he really wants to be... <laughs> I think he just wants to be around her all the time. And he overhears a plot to kill the king and he tells Esther and Esther tells the king and then they're found out and uh, then I think the creepy uncle is in like Flint. So that's the end of this episode. Please like my face... Well, no, I'm not... Should I even try to do plugs after an episode like that? That was awful. It was just, a, it was just bad. Everyone not listen to the show. Hey, you know what? Donate to the show so I can make it less bad. That's what you should do. I've got these prizes for giveaway. I'm going to go a few more days uh, before I give away the first round. Um, I had uh, had to buy a very expensive piece of equipment. I'm going to have to I, I'm going to have to do it in installments because it was a lot and mine's breaking down. So any donations would be very much appreciated. Please go to the page, donate, go to the Facebook, either way, and uh, I'll use that money to be less shitty as a podcaster. So thank you for tuning in. If you made it through this whole uh, abomination of an episode and uh, we will see what happens to Esther next, next time. So I will see you guys later. Bye.